0: I'm getting everybody real excited in the intro because today we're going to be talking about things that maybe aren't so mm, exciting. We're talking about grief today. This is this changes everything, and I'm here again with my friend Jeff, Therapy Jeff. <laughs> How are you, Jeff?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, this is this is a heavy, heavy subject. So
0: I know Jeff and I prepared for this like a week ago. We we prepped ourselves. We were like, okay. So I told him, I said, listen, I had a listener reach out to me and say that she would really like us to discuss grief because it's a subject we haven't even touched on yet. And, uh, you know, when we did our, our episode on depression, it, isn't it funny afterwards? I was like, oh my God, I'm like sad all day. So for this one, I said, I better, you know, I was really in the zone for that episode in the moment, (laughs) you know, present. So a little too much. So uh, for this one, I said I need to warn Jeff a week in advance. Listen, we're gonna be talking sad stuff, so you know, like, yeah, make sure you have some some nice happy movies for afterwards. Maybe some cuddly blankies. <laughs> I don't know. That always helps me. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about grief.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, and grief. It's 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 hard to prepare for this because, um. Especially, like, more recently, just personally, I've been going through, like, a lot of grief this past year. Like, Mm -hmm. all these different types of versions of grief. Um, I also have a friend who's a therapist who, like, specializes in grief. And she just can't. Oh, that's heavy. It's so heavy. And she can't stop talking about grief. When you specialize in grief, (laughs) it's just you see grief all over the place.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? It's kind of funny you say that because there's a lot of things that we can experience grief about. You know, we get it in our head that even when you say like a grief therapist, therapist who specializes in, specializes in grief, we might think, oh, maybe for when somebody passes mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. But we can grieve so many things.
1: So many things. Yeah. And classically, you, you know, when you, when you talk about grief, you might think about somebody passing away or you might think about like a breakup, right? A relationship ending. Mm-hmm. Those are two typical ones that people talk about and it's the the one that i talk about the most with my clients is the ending of a relationship a romantic relationship and that one is so tricky I mean, they're all really tricky, but that one is tricky because that person is still alive. There's still a possibility that, like, maybe you're going to interact with them again. Maybe there's going to be, like, are we going to get back together? Are we not? Or, like, even if you're not, like, what are they doing? You're thinking about that person all the time. It's so hard to... And I was also... I was thinking about... I'm going to reveal something sort of Uh, very 2023 and embarrassing. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, like... I suggest like if you go through a breakup and you're grieving your person, go ahead and block them on all the social media sites, right? Just you can unblock them in the future if you really need to, or want to, or if you think you're healthy enough to do that. But at first just go ahead and block everybody. Um, and I went through a breakup back in the summer and, uh, luckily I guess my ex didn't have any social media. So Uh I didn't even have to go in and block her because there was just like, that was done for me. And then um, one, one day I felt, like, really sad that I wasn't connected with her. I was, like, really frustrated that I couldn't just, like, cheat and check social media just to kind of, like, uh-huh. see, where is she? Like, I'm just curious. And it's, like, a, a way to connect. So the only way I could connect with her.
0: <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. <laughs>
1: and it feels really, like, pathetic and sad. But the only way I could connect with her was just, like, oh, I know that she logged into my Apple TV. Through the Discovery oh. Plus app, and I never watch Discovery yes. Plus because that is a garbage app, right? <laughs> it has like uh, 90 Day Fiance, My 500 Pound Life, lots of plastic surgery reality shows. It's, it's, it's not my vibe. Mm-hmm. But that bottom of the barrel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was hers. So I logged in. I went into the Discovery Plus app where she oh. was logged in. I didn't do anything, but I just like looked at her most looked. recent uh, yeah. views of like what she's watching. Which
0: might be the most intimate thing a person can really look at i mean next next second only to a search history yeah
1: so it's just like Like what
0: i've watched
1: (laughs) and there was like there was something like really sweet like oh she's just still watching these garbage shows and i love that for her but i miss watching them with her and then i was like this feels kind of creepy when i'm like spying on her like most recently watched shows but she doesn't know (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of like, that was the, like the, the bottom for me as I was grieving. Um, but yeah, going ahead and trying to, well,
0: maybe that's a form of kind of like,
1: mm -hmm. go ahead and reframe this for
0: me. uh, (laughs)
1: Let's see what you can do with this, Sarah.
0: (laughs) Holding onto the memory yeah. of what was, and no, yeah, know. yeah,
1: and that's a part of grief—is like thinking about the memories and thinking about the good times yeah. and the bad times. Yeah, um, but yeah, so going through breakups, you think about grief—that's really hard. Going through deaths, you're thinking you're like going through grief, and also life transitions, yeah. right?
0: This one is a big one. That's probably what I talk about most mm. in with my clients—is mm-hmm. the Loss, Uh, you know, I do a lot of work with people who have like, um, uh, are like leaving home, Mm. you know, going to college Mm -hmm. or maybe, um, yeah, like phase of life, so like moving out of their parents' house for the first time. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of like grieving and even, even work like trauma work, like with people who are older, like grieving a lost childhood, grieving a loss of maybe. who you were when you were younger? Mm-hmm. Those things are really, really hard to do. To grieve something that is even like a part of us. Yeah,
1: grieving your your like, kids because it's ongoing. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, it just yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Life transitions. I often mm.
0: get sad about the child, like feeling like I got robbed a little bit of a childhood. Mm. The end ways that where I was like a parentified child, and I had to grow up real fast, and I was exposed to things that a lot of children maybe shouldn't be. So I, I as an adult now grieve this, like idealistic child make like idea of what I wanted my childhood to be like, or maybe even, you know, yeah. even when you have a parent that disappoints you, like I, I grieve, I'm like mad every time there's like Father's Day or like a, you know, take your daughter to like Father. Do, I'm always. Like grieving yeah
1: that's the that's the thing that is that you don 't just grieve a thing that you had, but you grieve a thing that you never had you're totally. right, 're grieving your youth, your childhood <sighs> that you didn 't get to like really embrace and be a kid. you grieve a parent who is not a good enough parent or who never showed up for you, and you deserve to have that childhood, you deserve to have that parent who is like unconditionally loving you and supportive and emotionally intelligent, yeah. however. You never got it, and if you don't grieve it, then you're going to probably stay like really angry about it, right? Yes, exactly. We'll we'll get into the stages, but but grief is so important because a lot of it is about acceptance
0: (sighs) and letting go, and letting go, just like recognizing Mm -hmm. what you can choose to hold on to and not. Yeah,
1: and a lot of times Mm. I talk to my clients about grieving their youth, grieving their childhood, or grieving their college years, or grieving their twenties, especially when you're like headed into a new chapter of life or maybe you're having kids or you're getting married or there's like some adult milestone that you're going to, you're buying a house, whatever. Yeah. And when you like really kind of like enter into your adulthood, you have to grieve your youth and leave it behind in a certain way so that you can like fully go into the next stage. And you're not like sabotaging yourself or acting like a child or being really immature. Right? What are you smiling about, Sarah?
0: I may be doing all of the above <laughs> right now. Yeah. I am moving in with Eli. Right. Like I, I got, I made it to the end of my lease, mm-hmm. and I told him that we would, that maybe I would get serious about finally <laughs> saying that I'm going to move in with him when my lease is up. Well, ugh, it's two weeks from being up. I moved in. I have spent zero nights in my own house in the last three months. But there's something about. Like, knowing that I am never, hopefully, never going to live by myself again. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, my God. That's so
1: terrifying. Mm
0: -hmm. So, I feel like I'm grieving, like, lonely Sarah? What? (laughs) Which is totally crazy. But I, I... There's a part of me that feels like I need to create some sort of ritual, which, you know, maybe in our, Mm -hmm. our, I bet this will be in part Mm -hmm. two, like talking about ways that we can like kind of cope with grief Mm -hmm. and move through that grief. But rituals are so helpful. So I feel like I need to create some sort of like ritual to, to close the chapter, like accept that this is what I ultimately want, Mm -hmm. but I have to let go of a former life mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. and trust <laughs> i don't want to do any of that
1: <laughs> that's the thing is that like yeah you're grieving lonely sarah but you're also grieving liberated sarah free sarah <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want sarah you know like yes, not considering totally. not consider anybody else sarah so there's like all the things that you're grieving jeff
0: stop adding <laughs> things to my grief list what the hell are you doing sorry, Eli.
1: <laughs> sorry sarah
0: i'm kidding i'm kidding we're working through it it's fine people okay, good
1: um And that, and so, ugh, God, it, 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 yeah. it, it, like we said, like every single thing is grief because there's like little things and big things that you're constantly experiencing and then letting go of, yes. or maybe that you should yes. let go of, or you're not actually letting go of when you really need to let go of yes. them. Everything ends, everything comes to an end, everything breaks up or dies or you transition through it if you and and that's the sort of thing that kind that's like might leave you and me feeling really heavy after this episode because when you really put on these like grief goggles and you look at everything uh it's all and there's it's also connected to like you know i i grew up in los angeles and I, um, lots of like wonderful, lovely moments growing up in Santa Monica. And then I decided to like leave Los Angeles and move to Portland back in 2005. And it was this real, like sliding doors moment. Like what if I yes. didn't move to LA <gasps> or to Portland? And if I would have like stayed in LA, so then I have to kind of like grieve, like whatever parallel life that would have been if I just would have stayed. Cause I really thought about just staying and not, and not moving away. Um, but there's always the curiosity of like, what would, what would that like life be like? Would it be better? Would it be worse? Would it be totally different? Would it be more of the same? I don't know. So there's a lot of like the unknown that you just have to kind of like accept. Right.
0: Oh, that's so scary. Mm. There's a great book called the midnight library. We read it in our brain candy book Mm. club and it is about a woman who is kind of like caught between life and death. Mm, mm. That's not even a spoiler. It's on the back (laughs) of the book. Don't worry. And, uh, she goes, she's like in this library where every book is a different possibility of like what her life could have Mm. been. And if she took this direction or this direction, and it's so good, it's kind of exactly what you're talking about. And so if that is a, if that sliding doors kind of idea is an interesting one to you, check out the midnight library. I've heard. (sighs) Super I mean I read it I loved it But everybody else Also said super good things
1: Oh my god Yeah That sounds amazing And sometimes I think about If I could go back To another age That I was In the past Would I go back And and start my life Uh All over again um, or am I happy enough yeah. with where I am right now? And that changes. Sometimes I want to go back to when I was 24 or when I was 17 to these very like important parts or you know, uh, milestones in my life and possibly make a different decision. And it's okay to maybe yeah. like think about that and be curious about it. But it's a whole yeah. other thing if you're going to be stuck in it and feel regret. Yeah. Right?
0: Oh, there's one thing. I don't regret much in my mm-hmm. life, but there is one moment. That I like, I could cry mm-hmm. and like get sick to my stomach thinking about it. Right now, my grandma passed away the morning of her 99th birthday. She was my favorite human. She's so amazing. She left me like probably six months before that, whatever. She left me voice some voicemails on my, vo- on my phone. answering machine on mm-hmm. my phone answering machine. Nobody has one of those. <laughs> whatever you call it, A voicemail on my phone. Right. You know. I get it. Anybody who's, like, Gen X or, what, or Z or whatever it is is, like, what the fuck is she talking about? Machine. Um, and I accidentally deleted them. And I knew the moment. And I did it during the pandemic. I can remember I was sitting just clearing out. And so, like, I was already experiencing, like, heavy grief that we were all in mm-hmm. from the loss of, like, what was normal during that time. And then I do this thing that cannot be undone. And I didn't know. And I just, like, cleared all my mess. And I just want to throw up. It makes me so sad because it was, like, the only thing I have of her saying my name and, like, oh, grandma. Oh, it makes me so, so So, oh, my God, I cry thinking about it. Last time I said this, somebody reached out to me and said, thank you so much for talking about that because – and because of you i uploaded my grandma's voicemails Aww. to my computer and saved them and she passed away the next week Whoa. so do so this is my this don't let my story my sad regretful story be your story as well let this be like i hope that i can maybe save some other people from having to do, go through the same thing cuz that is the one thing i grieve that mm. Probably every few months or so. And I, 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 I cannot get to the place where I let that go and just accept that it's
1: gone. Yeah. And and sometimes you just, you don't get to acceptance. You're just going to be sad for the rest of your life because you lost something and you can't, you can't come to terms with it. It's just so horribly sad. Mm -hmm.
0: Even that is something. Oh my God. That makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. Even that is something to accept too. Mm -hmm. That like you, oh, see, I'm going to cry. There we go. I'm crying for all you guys out there. that is something that we have to just ex- accept that it's going to be sad that this is just going to be a feeling that comes up and that and oh i heard this one i can't remember some celebrity said it that the amount that you experience grief and sadness when losing someone or something is equal to the amount that you cared and loved for that mm. thing, about Cared for that thing and loved it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, Oh, it just shows how much I love my grandma because look how sad I am that I don't get to but you know mm. she's right there, like they say. <laughs>
1: ah Aww, ah! Sarah.
0: so glad we have a video version of this now that you guys can watch because uh <laughs> You can just see me crying like a baby.
1: Ugh, it's so sad. I have the, I, my, my, I couldn't stand my grandma. Uh, so oh! I did the opposite of like, it, it's okay. She couldn't stand me either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the feeling was mutual. Uh, but I, I like grieve the fact that I don't have this very sweet yeah. connection that you have with your grandma. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so, it's so, I love that you can still feel connected and still feel really moved by her and you're experiencing it in a really healthy way. You're getting in touch with the sadness and oh, yeah. you're feeling connected to her while you're doing it and you're, you're oh. honoring the like close connection that you had with her. It's yeah. very sweet.
0: Yeah. And even like my body just did it, did that big sigh mm-hmm. that just like, <sighs> mm-hmm. cause we kind of need that every mm-hmm. now and
1: then. And we can even grieve like. We can even grieve TV characters that we've been watching in, the, in a TV series, right? Because we feel so connected to yes. them. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I grieved, the, which is funny because it's about death. D- did you ever watch the show Six Feet oh, Under? God.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Oh, when that show ended, I just sat and stared at my TV and cried. (laughs) It's kind of like I'm doing now. Like going, what do I do with my life? Mm -hmm. What do I do now? Mm -hmm. I have to like grieve the loss of like this TV Mm -hmm.
1: show. Yeah. And even even, that TV show tried their very best to give you a good ending to really let it go and accept it where they zoomed in on all of their... or zoomed out on all their, you know, whenever they all died. But it, even though, like, they try to wrap it up in a little bow, it's still going to be shocking and upsetting right. when those TV series... And because yeah. those characters, you felt like you were really connected. You were seeing them every week. It was a really normal thing to think about them. And and like you said earlier a little bit, grieving the loss of normalcy with the pandemic, right? I was yes. just saying, I just, just last night I was out with a friend and I was just like, I just wish... COVID never happened. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. remember what it was right. like,
0: just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that thing never happened. Yeah. Don't we all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it just, people are a little different. People are different. I think there's this, you know, there was, there was something that, uh, like a term that, that kept coming up during the pandemic called anticipatory grief. Mm. That can be this collective feeling about something bad to come mm-hmm but we don't really know what it is. And it creates this just cloud of heaviness Mm -hmm. that we all felt, you know, it feels like a blanket of sad Mm -hmm. and it's, it's grieving what you don't even know is coming.
1: Right. Yeah. And so it's not, it's not real grief, but it's anticipatory grief. And then you you can, you grieve it when something actually then goes away or breaks up or something so you can think about and and that happens a lot in relationships too of like i know this relationship is going to end and so i'm starting to grieve it you're not really actually grieving it until it's done so let's
0: that is a really good point yeah 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 yeah. yeah. that's almost like additional stages of that there's like kind of like you know they talk about Thinking about change, there's like Mm pre-contemplation stage like before you're thinking of making stage. This is kind of like that pre-grief stage, Mm -hmm. like anticipatory, like, oh, I'm not even grieving it yet, but I'm thinking about Mm -hmm. it. It's inevitable. And
1: And then there's the, I don't know if you ever feel this, Sarah, but the grief of not feeling the grief. So my last relationship ended and then I went through a bunch of grief and now I'm not connected to the grief. (laughs) I'm not inside the grief and I'm missing the grief. I I kind of feel like, oh, that was the last way I was connected with her. And sometimes we stay in grief because that's the only way we know how to connect with that person. Yes. We don't want to let that go. Right.
0: A lot of people do. I think those, that is where your trick of cutting off Mm. like social media Mm -hmm. and that helps with that because you're like, you know, cutting off the supply from the thing you're addicted to. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, also before we continue, I want to talk about one of my favorite <laughs> meal kit services. Hello fresh.
0: This is, you know, it's funny that we're doing this one during our grief episode, mm. because one of the things that I think falls off for me first, when I am experiencing grief mm-hmm. is my ability to like make decisions for myself, mm-hmm. make choices that I would call good choices <laughs> or even just like. I want, I need things to be simplified. Mm -hmm. This is not just a good thing when we're (laughs) grieving, but maybe a good thing all the time. So, you know, like when somebody, maybe somebody passed away and there's like the show up at the house, like with a casserole and here you go. Like HelloFresh is a wonderful, like meal delivery systems. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. That's actually giving me a good idea. If somebody is experiencing something like that, just sending him Mm -hmm. like, here, I just got you this like subscription box, like for, oh my gosh, that would be great for like a parent or something like that. He's like, okay. So HelloFresh is, I'm sure you guys have heard of this before, Mm -hmm. is like America's number one meal kit. Meals delivered fresh to your door with all, I am somebody who hates food waste. That is like a thing in our house we do not Mm -hmm. like. So HelloFresh already has everything like, Lay it out for you. Everything measured out for you. It's just follow the easy, super simple instructions that tell you exactly what to do. You barely have to think about it. You could be an ultimate like at-home chef, and uh, there you go. Your your meals ready like super super
1: fast. Yeah, the, the, I've resisted meal kits because I've gotten them every now and then, and when I get them, there's all these you know directions of how to cook everything, and I'm instantly overwhelmed. I don't feel mm-hmm. that way with HelloFresh, and so I just sort of Simpl- I push myself. I'm just I'm going to go ahead and cook this, and all of a sudden it's so much easier and simpler than I ever yeah. thought it was going to be. And I also feel like accomplished. I made a healthy meal for myself instead of paying those fucking delivery fees. <laughs> right. Them, I'm not doing I can't, it. I can't do that. I just can't do it. Um,
0: and wouldn't you say there's something like that benefits your mental health about cooking a meal for yourself and seeing that mm-hmm. like. You just and it shows like something from beginning to end. you completed something it 's kind of like mentally telling ourselves, "I can get through this, I can probably get through something else too." Mm-hmm. These are like little things that add up i 'm <laughs> telling you it's really
1: it 's also a really good date night. you can take it, you oh, and your partner oh, can make oh it together, God, put on some music, make some good food, uh, flirt with each other there in the kitchen go. right it 's a whole thing I love it. so Go to HelloFresh.com slash TCE65 and use the code TCE65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash TCE65 and use code TCE65 for 65% off plus free shipping. You won't regret it. Get it if you're uh, overwhelmed with grief or not overwhelmed with grief. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. Yes. And here's my super secret trick that you can also use. I always order the meal kit for four, even though mm-hmm. there, I did that even when I was just one person, because then I only have to cook one time and I don't have to cook. I just package it all up and reheat it. And there you go. Boom. Four days of food. You're good.
1: You're good to go. Dinner.
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Back to some grief. Can we talk now about the, the classic
1: stages of grief?
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, um, there's absolutely there's, there's
1: some good and bad or I don't know good and problematic things or I don't know there's there's good things about it. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, this is what that it's like. I think it's so important to understand where these common like mm-hmm. models mm-hmm. for X, Y, and Z came from because they're often overused and applied to way more than they should be. Mm-hmm. And if you actually look into it, often the people who created the models will say themselves that this is not uh, appropriate for everything, that this has its limitations. Sometimes they redo the model, which is exactly what happened in this situation. And let's just also say that any studies that took place, uh, I don't know, before 2000 were (laughs) – probably problematic (laughs) because most of them were they are probably like inherently like gen like sexist or Mm -hmm. racist or something like that or excluded populations you can't apply it to everything that's definitely going on so this this five stage model was originally created by a psychiatrist named elizabeth kubler ross in 1969 and she it was Part of her work in this book called On Death and Dying, which before that, there wasn't a lot of, uh, like, readily available information on the process of death, you know. And in America, we have a very uh, uh, negative death narrative mm-hmm. where we, like, hide death away. We It's very bad. It's sad. Where a lot of other cultures, like celebrated mm-hmm. or they have you know it's just very negative in the united states so this wasn't something that was researched. it wasn't something that was even like written about so she was doing like groundbreaking work and also shout out to being like a woman in 1969 right. in like the field of psychology so totally. get it elizabeth um <laughs> we love her and so we love her mm-hmm. right and she was working with people who were t- terminally ill who were on hospice care who were in their last stages of dying. Mm -hmm. So she, she saw things in a very linear way because there was an end. It's kind of like what you were Mm -hmm. saying about the breakups before about how that grief doesn't always, it's not linear Mm -hmm. because the person's still there, you know? And so this is, this is when we're, and we're just talking about the people who are dying. Mm -hmm. We're not even talking Mm -hmm. about the relatives of them or the people around them. This is a one individual's mm-hmm. personal experience with moving through the knowledge and understanding of the end of their own life mm-hmm. as it is reaching that end point. And we have the denial. So first, they're going to say, no way, that can't be true. Then they're going to be mad about it, the anger, mm-hmm. then bargaining, which is, "Let maybe I'll just do this and then I won't have this happen. Right. Depression and uh, oh no, it was depression one that yes. was added later? No, depression I think is there. one. Yes, depression is one, mm-hmm. and then acceptance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so even even the even Elizabeth Kubler Ross herself later said that this is this doesn't apply to everything, and she expanded the model to add a couple more things. She she added shock mm-hmm. and also a test... which and shock was this initial response and emotional paralysis or numbness to the information. And then a testing stage, which was involved, which involved trying new ways to cope with the loss and rebuilding life after hmm. the loss. So she added and expanded to that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we, we kind of like get locked into this idea that, Oh my God, I have to go through these five stages and then somehow I'll be free of bad feelings.
1: Yes. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I agree. It does feel comforting if you can look at it. There's only five stages and I'm going to go into all the five stages, one after the other, after the other. Um, That's not really typical though, right? Like you're saying. No. Um, However, these are very... Um, common feelings that we feel while going through grief, whether we're the ones that are dying or where somebody close to us is dying or we're yeah. going through a breakup or whatever. So let's kind of, let's, let's, let's break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the first one, uh, well, should we do the, let's do the seven stages instead of the five stages. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the first Include one, all those, cause that kind of includes people around Yeah. You know, exactly. Like the, the grief.
1: Yeah. Shock. I think we understand <laughs> uh, I think that it's, and, and shock can be shock can like happen just sort of quickly <sighs> momentarily, or it can drag on for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I, 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 sometimes this can look kind of funny mm-hmm. to people who maybe aren't as, uh, I don't know, involved, or maybe from like looking from the outside in where you may see people do very normal things mm. or very strange things in response to this information where you'd think like, Oh my gosh, somebody who just found out that their, you know, relative is dying. Why would they go and and go grocery shopping? Mm. Why would they go and like build a piece of furniture or go care? Like, and, and they do things in these like weird responses. And I, I don't know if I said this on here or if I was talking to clients about this. I, sometimes I mix it up. But um, the, I, I read recently that an abnormal response to an abnormal situation is a normal mm-hmm.
1: response. It reminds me of – do you remember when 9-11 happened and there's this video of the, I don't know, Secret Service or somebody telling George Bush – that nine yes. eleven oh, just happened. Very good and example. And he was reading like a children's book to children or something, and he just kept reading. Like he was so yeah. in so much shock, and everyone was like, just I can't like, even process "Why this are you right reading now. this child's book? Like get out! Like do something about it!" But he could not. His brain could not handle it. Understandably.
0: What a good example. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's something to remember when watching somebody go through mm-hmm. grief. You know, we can kind of be judgmental about mm-hmm. maybe how people are grieving mm-hmm. and it looks different for everyone and people do weird things when they're in that mm-hmm
1: place mm-hmm. oh god i hate you know? that feeling <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling yeah. the shock and usually it's, it's yeah. the numbness that kind of that hijacks me and then i just sort of oh, it's almost like an out-of-body experience right Where, oh, this isn't so, happening this can't be happening right
0: it reminds me of you know like the internal family systems is a a therapy model mm-hmm. that that kind of talks about different parts of the self mm-hmm. and they have this uh uh part of us that they call it the manager Mm -hmm. who will like jump in Mm -hmm. and just handle things and it'll be like i got this we're just gonna like Mm -hmm. chop wood carry water like get our day done like put the emotions over there we'll deal with those Mm -hmm. later and you know it it just handles that Mm -hmm. and we can really recognize when that person Mm -hmm. jumps in and takes over for us and sometimes it's really helpful <laughs>
1: sometimes. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Cause you just need yeah. to survive. You just need to get through the moment. Yes. Right. And so that's, what's going on.
0: Absolutely. And it- I've always really liked the Jewish uh, tradition mm. of having to bury the body within three days because it gives the, the, People who are around that person, a task, mm. like you can't just w- wander around going, what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when my uncle passed away, my aunt, it was like, okay, we got to do this. 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 And it gave her time to kind of move through that numbness while still and shock. while while not like losing herself in the grief. Mm. And once she got through that and then everybody was around, it was like, what then? she can kind of let go Mm -hmm. and was surrounded by people who were there to support her and, and, and help. And it's, it's just like, I like how they do
1: that. It's a good move. (laughs) Definitely. And it makes sense that a shock then transitions into denial, right? Those are pretty close Mm -hmm. uh, feelings or experiences where, okay, now you've accepted the fact that something is over or changing abruptly and it's, it's still too much to accept. It's still like, what is my life going to look like? I have no idea. I'm so shattered, whether it's my relationship is breaking up or this person just died or I'm moving to a new city. Uh, you just, Mm -hmm. you can't wrap your head around it because you haven't even really gone there mentally or emotionally, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Denial
1: is strong. Um, and also feeds right into anger. Sometimes Mm -hmm. again, we're just we're going through these one by one. This isn't like like Sarah said, right? This isn't always linear, so you're going to bounce around all the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I know that sometimes when I'm in the stage of anger, when I'm feeling the grief, mm-hmm. I just want to hang out there because it gives me power. It, 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 it gives me something to focus on. Anger feels better than depression. You know, I don't want, I like, I'm trying to fight the sadness. so I'm just going to stay really frustrated. You know what I mean?
0: I wonder, you know, this is interesting because I think as somebody who is, a, a Is a man? It's Mm -hmm. like in and in a society where there are kind of like quote unquote accepted emotions from certain genders and ones that we don't accept. Anger is one that seems like we accept it a little more from men. Yeah. And so I bet it's easy to sit. It might be my theory. Sarah's got a theory over here that it might be easy. And don't you? annoying psychology people say that's not a theory that's a hypothesis i know but that doesn't sound as good if you listen to the brain candy podcast that's what we always say so i know i know so anyways i have to say that because i know what all those brainy people Uh are thinking they're thinking the same goddamn thing i would be thinking (laughs) okay but still i have one that maybe because you're given that that's like an accepted emotion that if i were talking to say a woman of color that mm. that would not mm. be something that she would stay in as as because it would be like no i don't want to be assigned that label of like i'm angry, angry person, and yeah. so there's like yeah there's like an attempt to almost like for that which then limits your ability to even like process emotions in a healthy way and move through them mm-hmm. and allow that so i wonder what the difference between like what point of grief feels uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not like any of them feel comfortable well, but which stage you kind of like linger in for a little while longer yeah. because it's where you
1: feels pretty cozy yeah. hanging out in my toxic masculinity and being really angry about yeah,
0: it i was gonna say because i'm like i try to avoid anger at all costs because i don't want anybody to be like she's angry at and i'm I'm not a woman of color so
1: there's and also that the anger is connected to i'm angry um she was wrong and I was right It's sort of like I'm the right I'm, I'm the one that should be um, I was the one that was wronged I was the one that was hurt I'm so angry about it So it feels like I can really justify my experience And my emotions or something And yeah, there's a whole culture In society that caters to Me, this like white dude being angry being like, yeah, this makes sense You're angry. Of course, yeah. that's okay Stay in that anger um, so, yeah, it does feel a little more cozy to me. And like I was saying, feel to me, feels better than depression. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. Interesting. Then
1: it goes into bargaining, which is my most unfavorite stage. Ugh.
0: This one, I feel like I'm the best are at you?
1: <laughs> Why are you the yeah. best at it? Yeah, because
0: so, – and I was just thinking about what we were talking – something you were saying earlier was reminding me of, of how – oh, I think it was probably we were talking about HelloFresh and how it's like you don't have to make mm. any decisions mm-hmm. and how that feels good and how – there's a lot that's out of your control when you're going through grief. So bargaining feels like you're trying to have an a you're making attempts at at taking back control. Mm. These are these are and it's bar- bargain because you're like I'm not gonna win this this you're not gonna no. like no. no. So it feels like attempts to have control totally in an uncontrollable situation.
1: It feels like false hope to me. <laughs>
0: Totally. Yeah. That too. Yes. Yeah. Try, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. There's nothing that, that there's no amount of like, oh, maybe if I like, I don't know, take this essential oil, my cancer will be gone. Right. Sorry. No. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, Um, so. it does give us sense of control of hopefulness of maybe things can turn around. Um, typically you go through it and you can't find a way to make it not happen. To lose your relationship or, or sometimes you do maybe like mm-hmm. get back together with somebody in the bargaining stage and then you find out that oh we broke up for a reason this is not yeah. a good idea
0: and here's a little piece of advice that you could put in your back actually put in your front pocket you don't want to be with anybody who doesn't want to be with there
1: you, you. Go. yeah there you go mm-hmm.
0: don't don't put too much energy if somebody's like oh, i need space but like, great take it there you go have it <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yours. Enjoy.
1: Good advice from Sarah Rice. Beat him to Mm -hmm. it.
0: There Mm -hmm. you go. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's depression. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. We all know what depression is, I think. Right? Yeah. You're just, you're very sad. You're very blue. You're, it's maybe for me when I'm depressed, it's hard to do stuff. It's hard to, One hundred I don't want to like hang out with people. I just want to watch Netflix all day long. I want to be alone. I get weepy and cry. Yeah. Yeah. Hard times.
0: Uh, like basic hygiene slips away. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I need, like I, I'm like, I don't even need to shower. What's the point? Mm-hmm. You like get disconnected from your body.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, the day yeah. goes by so slowly. It feels like when you're depressed or when oh, I'm depressed, it's God. it's never going to end. This is my life now. Yeah. I'm going to be depressed forever. Um, yeah.
0: Well, that's what the depressed brain does. Because
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: it's trying to motivate you to, to do something different. Right. Yeah. Through b- very s- silly, stupid <laughs> means. Like, come on, brain. <laughs> and we don't take care of ourselves. We don't give ourselves the nutrition that we yeah. need to even feel better.
1: Mm hmm. Oh my god! And then there's this uh, yes. the, the the other stage that was added, the testing stage. So you were saying that testing involves like trying new ways of coping with the loss and sort of rebuilding your life after the loss. And you're just like, okay, maybe if I can have this frame of mind, or maybe if I get this new haircut or, you know, you're just like trying different things, whatever it's like versions of you, identities of you, things that you can do in order to start coping better.
0: Maybe if I watch a video of my grandma, Mm. nope, (laughs) sorry, doesn't help that it's a, it's a thing. I'm going to do that. It makes me feel better for a little bit. Mm doesn't get, doesn't get rid of the sadness. doesn't get rid of the grief. That's yeah. just part of it.
1: Maybe if I sign up yeah. for the dating apps and I start flirting with people, it's like, Oh God, I hate the dating. I can't, I have no energy for it, you know, but you're, you're testing yeah. out things and good for you. We love yes. this for you. Like, <laughs> and you're going to probably yes. eventually find something that does actually feel good. But first you probably have to go through things that don't feel that great. Right. <sighs> yeah mm-hmm.
0: And then we finally get to the end, not even the end of the road. It is not the end of the road. Don't think that, uh, it is, it's like more of a, a circle, like mm-hmm. one of those, mm-hmm. or like not a train track that just like keeps going around and around, uh, acceptance, mm. which is just, I think acceptance is not just accepting the loss or the, the thing that is not there anymore, or we did not have whatever it is, but accepting wherever you are, mm in this process Mm -hmm. of grief slash being a human.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Accepting where you are, accepting where you're going to be bouncing up and down the, all, the, all the different stages for a very long time. And if it's a big grief, if it's, if it's a big loss and someone yeah. close to you really dies or something like that, or you, someone you were married to and now you're divorced, that's going to be, that's going to sting probably. There's going to be some sadness, frustration, anger, whatever for the rest of your life. And you've accepted the fact that you're going to have an emotional experience forever. Uh, But usually a lot of times when you're in acceptance, you feel a little bit lighter, not as heavy, Mm -hmm. right? You can kind of go throughout Mm -hmm. your your day, do your life and not feel so overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not feel so overwhelmed and having a good routine and doing the same consistent things over and over is a great way to help when we are grieving, when we are dealing with anything emotional. I'll tell you a little bit about my new daily routine. Uh, so Jeff, you're going to roll your eyes at this. I know you are, <laughs> but I do a lot of active things You don't. and this body ain't getting any younger mm. and you got to like take care of it. So I have like a morning routine. I wake up in the morning. I get my athletic greens, my a one or a G one by athletic greens, mm-hmm. It's is great. Like nutritional drink that has like, 75 vitamins and minerals and all the good stuff in it. Put that in. And it's like what motivates me to then go. Rip it on the mountains and go snowboarding, which you're not going to do. You have different reasons for taking it. We all know that Jeff isn't camping, does not doing anything outside, but I am. And, uh, so I've added a G one in the morning before starting my day. It gives me all those good vitamins and minerals. I was thinking, um, I'm like a plant lady and, uh, and I was thinking about how I give my plant so many things to make them grow well Mm. and like, You know, like add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that, test their levels. If somebody were to test my levels, they'd be like, what is this girl eating? She has no vitamins and no minerals. And so now I just do my one scoop in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's a great routine that kind of like has kickstarted what feels like a healthy routine for me that allows me to just kind of like maintain consistency and be healthy throughout the rest of the day mm-hmm. and you like you, you use it as well right now you mix it into your smoothie i
1: do i mix it into my smoothie but i don't i don't use it for the reasons you i i put uh, recently <laughs> on my dating profile i said i cannot wait to not go camping with you like <laughs> 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 and wouldn't you know yeah. i still get so many people reaching out like that are backpackers and love to... Oh, my God. You know, and you're like, hello. Read the fucking... Maybe
0: you're fooling them because you look like somebody who, like, really cares about their fitness and nutrition when you're drinking your, like, AG1 Athletic. But
1: I only drink the AG1 for, like, improved digestion, beautiful hair. Oh. My skin feels really great. And it, it, it like, it puts me to sleep. Like, so I, I'm able to sleep better. Those are the yeah. reasons... Oh that I use it. So you can be a Sarah. I
0: also noticed the good skin thing. That was nice. That was a nice little added bonus that I did not love know it. I was
1: going to I be. love it. I like the thick yes. hair that it creates. It's, yes. it's good stuff. Yes. So All right. if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash TCE. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash TCE. Whether you're a Jeff or you're a Sarah, you should check it out. Yes.
0: Totally. We're all like plants just withering away and dying and we need our nutrients. <laughs> and I, I love their vitamin D. I did not know it was that easy to take. Mm. And I noticed a total difference. I was like, oh my gosh, I seem like I'm like lighter and happier. Does I think vitamin D affects your mood. Oh
1: yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Booster. yeah.
0: I feel like, ing- I swear, that's the only thing I've changed. Mm. And I think I was vitamin D deprived. Yeah. There you go. I tell clients that all the time and I should listen to my own <laughs> should, GD advice. Now I am. Anyways. Uh, back to grief. So, <laughs> where were we? We were talking about the stages. Oh, talking about acceptance. You
1: put in our notes this the the three C's of grief. I haven't seen this before, and so I'm okay, I'm interested Jeff. in hearing about it. Yeah,
0: I, I just learned this too, okay. and I love a, a little, you know, like an acronym. Mm, like mm-hmm. as much as I I just talked about how don't listen to the five stages of grief. I was like, don't follow like a specific model. I love like a little handy in your pocket thing, Mm -hmm. like the three C's, you know, whatever. So the three C's of grief are choose, communicate, and connect. So let's break those Mm -hmm. down. Number one, choose. This is like choosing how you want to grieve, choosing to even like give yourself permission to take time to grieve Mm -hmm. there's a lot that we don't get to choose when we're experiencing grief and there is so much magic and power to just giving yourself permission to choose certain things Mm -hmm. by telling yourself i'm choosing to get up in the morning and have a smoothie Mm -hmm. that is talks to your brain and tells your brain there are some things that are in your control mm. and it like eases it a little bit. it makes it feel like oh, oh okay we don't have to panic because it can feel panicky you feel like this person just died or i just lost this i didn't want to do that everything's out of my control mm. and so when the brain goes into the stage of feeling out of control it reacts in weird ways so we want to choose we want to make some choices and choose and tell our brain like look you could choose
1: yeah I, yeah and you're right I, I think feeling incredibly helpless and powerless after a breakup or a death or a tragedy or some big transition is incredibly normal. All of your power feels like it's gone away. So if you can make little choices, whether it's getting up and brushing your teeth, doing the bare minimum, or choosing to see a friend or talk to a therapist, (sighs) right? Mm -hmm. It's huge.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a big one. That is, it's like even choosing to allow somebody out, like choosing somebody who can assist you through this, mm-hmm. is a big thing that will absolutely help. So, look at those choices. Uh, the next one is connect. So, we are wired for connection. Connecting is so important, and connecting is, well, especially like the opposite. If we look at isolating, isolating tends to intensify these feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so by connecting and, and, you know, talking to somebody and opening up to people, you will just, all you have to do is kind of like be around
1: people, mm-hmm. oh, God, yeah. you know, it's important, but I oftentimes, this is, it's the last thing I want to do <laughs> is, is connect. Isn't with people. that
0: generally like for mm-hmm. the last thing we want to do is usually the best thing for <laughs> us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, God. But it's leaning into your community, connecting. And there's, I, I feel so lucky because all the people in my community are so different where I can go to my friend Brandon and we can just connect by playing Mario Kart. I can go to my friend Amanda, who specializes in grief, and we can just be in the grief together. I can go... Um, with my friend, uh, David, and we can just have coffee and shoot the shit, right? There's all these different types of people in my community that I can connect with in totally different ways. So think about that and try to, and also when you're connecting with people, you can let them know like, Hey, I'm just coming over to play Mario Kart. That's it. We're not talking about the grief. We're just having fun. Right. So you can be really deliberate about the different ways you want to connect.
0: Well, thank you for the nice segue Mm -hmm. into the next C, which is communicate Mm -hmm. that Nobody is going to know what you need Mm -hmm. in the perfect way that you need it. We have to be able to put our needs out there and say to others, like, this is what I need. Even if what you need is for them to just be there and not say anything. Mm -hmm. The people who love you absolutely want to help. And they want you to say exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. I need you to come over and make me dinner. Mm. Okay. No problem. (sighs) that were my, but because the person wants to know, and, and this is, you know, of course, it's like, we hard to take all the responsibility, like put all that on yourself. You're like, what do you mean? I have to grieve. And now I have to ask for my needs to be met perfectly, blah, 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 blah. This is like, I understand this is really, really hard to do, Mm -hmm. but this is in those moments where you're like, Oh, nobody cares. Nobody want to, nobody wants to hear about this anyway. Mm -hmm. And I want you to just remember that, Remember this episode and remember that that is going to help you in those moments is just communicating even if it's hard, even though it's the last thing that is the last thing I ever want Not to really. do yeah oh i'm never i'm always i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine until we start recording an episode in which case I have a thousand things to complain about <laughs> but <laughs> in my regular life i'm like i don't want to talk about this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I want to do the opposite. There's the
1: communicating your needs part. And then there's the communicating and just sort of processing your grief and talking about it. And a lot of times when I'm talking about my grief, if something is really griefy, really heavy, it's also connected to other times that I felt grief. So I'm sad that my relationship ended, which is also sad that I didn't get my needs met by my mother growing up or something. And, And sometimes when you make those connections, there's relief. Or some aha yes. uh-huh moments. Maybe you're still feeling a lot of grief, but there's clarity around it. You have a different perspective, or something. Yes. Um, so, communicating what your needs are, communicating how you're feeling about grief, trying to, um, you know, do the things that you don't want to do. Like Sarah doesn't want to communicate. I don't want to connect. Mm-hmm. But we know that those things are incredibly important for the healing yes. process. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: I love this. Well, we hope that our listener who wrote in mm-hmm. and asked about grief or want, you know want us to talk about grief feels like a, a little bit um, more comforted and maybe like understands a grief a little bit better, even though it's so hard to mm-hmm. really understand grief and we just have to kind of accept like we learned. Mm-hmm. And I think next episode we can talk about some more like things, to, like real active things to do mm-hmm. and- Maybe like ways to respond to grief, things to help, like those rituals and stuff like that. That and, and also
1: how you can be there for someone who's grieving. Oh,
0: yes, Ooh, I love this. Oh, both, Ooh, so both sides of it. Yeah. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So yes, we got lots yes. of the right things and wrong things to say. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, great, exactly. great,
1: great.
0: There we go. Now we're just producing our next episode while you guys have <laughs> to listen. Good. All right, friends. Well, leave us a five star review if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. You know, we it. you can like say if your team camping or team not camping apparently everyone really likes to talk about that in our reviews some people are like just leave sarah alone and let her camp for goodness <laughs> sake."
1: it's very I funny so know. you
0: guys can add to that discussion on alone. itunes and spotify <laughs> <laughs> you could still bug me yeah. as l- i don't care what you say just give me a five-star okay. review okay? okay okay we'll see you next Bye. time